Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Adrian Goldberg's talk show, this time with David Cummings of the hugely successful horror fiction and horror drama podcast No Sleep, which began life, incredible as it may seem, as a thread or subreddit on the Reddit website. As you'll hear, almost by accident, David has turned it into a profitable podcast that even tours Europe and the UK with a live show. I met him on the Birmingham leg of that tour at the city's Glee Club. I am David Cummings. I'm the creator and host of the No Sleep Podcast. David, I've seen a quote from you saying, Life's strange. You start a hobby in your basement, then 3,131 days later, you are in Europe starting a 17-day 11-city tour. How, how surreal is that for you? It is still um, so hard for me to believe. Uh, yes, it was back in 2011 when I started the podcast, and it really was just a hobby. It was something that, it was sort of an idea that other people had, and I put my hat in the ring to do some narration. And nobody else was sort of putting the episodes together, so I decided to produce the first episode and put it out there, and thinking someone else would take the ball and produce it themselves, but nobody did. And so I kept producing episode after episode after episode, and it's just started to grow, and it was really all through word of mouth. People listened, they liked what we were doing, and uh, I started uh, developing a team around me, and the, the show kept growing, and uh, yeah, about five or six years later, we got into touring around North America. And when we had the opportunity to tour in Europe, uh, I certainly couldn't say no. And so here we are in the UK and then going over the continent next week. So it's, uh, it's just, it's, it's hard to believe and it's just something that's so thrilling. And it's just, it's this natural progression that has taken us this far. So it's been amazing. Am I right in thinking that the stories and the idea, therefore, for the podcast arising from those stories originated on Reddit? That's absolutely right. Yes, the name of the show, the No Sleep uh, podcast, came from the subreddit called No Sleep, where people would post stories that the, the premise was that even though I think everybody knows that they are fictional stories, the, the conceit was that they were presented as stories that actually happened to people. So we, we kind of call them campfire stories, the kind of stories where people would sit around a campfire and tell those ghost stories. And so that's where it started, and we did that for many, many years, and then we've recently, in the last two or three years, we've started asking for people to submit stories directly to us, and we've been able to pair with a number of, of amazing authors, very talented, and people who, even though they have that talent, are still sort of getting their name out there. And so that's where we've kind of evolved to. So yeah, it's really, it's been amazing to have that, that growth. And uh, the phrase journey is very much overused these days but that is an incredible journey is it yes. were, were you were you actually involved in the subreddit were you one of the contributors not in terms of writing um i fancy myself a bit of a writer but uh, i have very little time for it i wrote one story in the first season that we did our christmas episode but no it's uh i for me it's just been spending most of my time producing and, and coordinating the show and and i did a lot of it myself for many many years and then I started bringing people on board. Brandon Boone started doing the music, and he's on tour with us uh, this time, and just bringing on more actors. And so I, I've eventually developed this amazing team that now helps produce the show. And even while I'm on tour over here, the, the episodes are still being released. So, yes, it certainly has been a journey from kind of a, a one-man band to now this, uh, this great team that produces the shows. And who were you and how old were you when you had this idea then of saying, okay, 
there are these stories out there we could actually make a podcast out of them what was your experience i was in my 40s when when this all came about back in the uh, in the 90s i was um just sort of in between jobs and um, my friends and I were in a band and so I've always been involved with music and so we we created some albums and we did a bit of touring but band anybody would know probably not we were a small band from Canada called the dust kickers we call ourselves acoustic folk rock and we had a little bit of a following but uh, that got to the point where it I realized I kind of needed to earn a real paycheck (laughs) earn some real money and so I went back to school and started as a software developer and it was during the you know the mid 2000s there when i got the idea of trying to do a bit of voice acting because when i was in the studio uh, as as a musician i would occasionally get behind the mic and you know put on a big fake voice like this and people said oh you've got a voice for well, for you this kind got, of you've stuff. got a great voice you uh, really have you've uh, got a great deep voice a voice with real gravitas and power <laughs> right well thank you and so yeah i thought well just as a hobby i'll i'll just try to do a bit of voice acting and then the the whole thing with the the subreddit and the podcast came about. So, yeah, it was really just that. And then I, I was still a full-time software developer for probably the first four or five years of the podcast. And uh, so, yeah, it was just it was something like that, just a, a, a normal old uh, software developer and using that creative part of my, my time to do the, the show. And did anybody who contributed the stories on Reddit object and say, hey, you can't steal my story? Or was it, <laughs> was it just perceived to be... These stories were urban myths anyway. They were all out there. Well, I always I always made it a point to tr- at least ask authors if they would be willing to give their permission for the stories. So there was there was a couple of times in the early days where just the, the the nature of Reddit and the messaging system where I would ask them if they would be interested in having their story on the show, and you could tell that the person was never checking that site again. So it's like they posted it and kind of left it alone. So I thought, well, we could do that. But for the most part, no, we always make sure we get the author's permission. And nowadays, for you know, for many years now, we make sure we pay every author for uh, for allowing us to use their work. And how sophisticated was the operation at the start? Then, obviously, you'd got a bit of a background in music, music production, and so on. Were you using expensive gear, quite technical equipment? Uh, in the early days, it was very basic. I used just a, a USB plug-in microphone that just went into the uh, into the computer, and um, yeah, really basic software. And but yeah, trying to use a little bit of my music experience to create it. So I. I did the, all the production myself. The music in the early years were, uh, it just came from public domain sites and whatnot. And then it just gradually grew. And, and I decided as the show grew, I felt, oh, I should invest some money in this. So I got better software and better equipment and kept it growing. And uh, yeah, so it's, and then of course, as I said, getting all the team on on, on board and involved. So yeah, it's uh, it started very humble, that's for sure. And was there a moment when you thought, actually this is now a business this is something i'm going to have to take seriously as my day job make sure that the quality of the writing is always nailed on the quality of the voices is always there yeah it was it was during season 2 actually when i thought it wasn't so much just you know could i make this a career but i remember at the time because as i mentioned i was trying to get involved in voice acting and and whether it was podcasts or other things there was always this preconceived notion that people out there just are going to do it for free you know you would you wouldn't pay people to do this that's that's silly that was the the mindset back then and i thought if i could get this show to a point where people could support it with a, a small amount of money to listen to some extra uh, stories then 
I would be able to pay voice actors and writers, and that was very important to me. And I'm really proud of the fact that I think we are one of the first audio fiction podcasts that have really made it a, a point to make sure that everyone who contributes to the show is compensated financially. And it's, you know, we're not getting rich at this by any means, but I think that that, that mindset was always driving me. So, yeah, on one hand, I did want to make it a career, but at the same time, I, it was really about fostering this notion that people who share their time and talent deserve to be compensated for it. And I've seen it written, at least, that you are the world's most successful fiction podcast. I would say certainly in terms of horror fiction, uh, yeah, well, I think we're, we're the most downloaded podcast. And so, Give me some numbers, impress me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, would, I believe, at last count, our episodes have been downloaded over 140 million times. Wow, and that must give you great pride. I mean, you know, somebody who didn't come to radio production in the first flush of youth, somebody who's found it, hmm. really, and clearly hugely successful at it it's yeah it is it's hard to imagine and just the just the power and the reach of the internet uh, I remember when I first started to sort of delve into the statistics and realize that um, it's not just people in America and Canada but we had so many listeners from Great Britain and um, I still I'm still find it remarkable that our fourth or fifth most listened to country is Sweden uh, there's a, a real passion for horror in, in Sweden. And, yeah, just to see stats from people listening in Indonesia and India and South America, it's, it's remarkable, the fact that we can reach people all over the world. Were you always a horror fan? I've been a, a horror fan from my early days, and it's, it's one of the reasons why I was so drawn to this is that when I was younger, growing up in my hometown of Toronto, Canada, every su Sunday night, uh, our, a local radio station would play an hour of comedy albums and then an hour of old-time horror radio. Oh, so this was a genre in Canada, was it? Horror radio? Uh, it, it, on this it's one, not something yeah. we generally know, you know in the UK as a, as, a, as a proper genre. Right, right. Well, as I said, on the Sunday night, mm. they would just put this little two-hour block together of comedy spoken word and then the horror spoken word. And so I would listen to the comedy and enjoy that. And then I'd be in my bed with my covers pulled up to my chin. <laughs> and I would listen to these old-time radio uh, horror shows. And I really fell in love with that. And I, I still think uh, you know, there, there's some sort of interesting serendipity of, of living that when I was a child and now I'm doing it for myself and, and you know sharing it with other people yeah any writers or filmmakers that you'd nod to as well as influences on your horror taste well I, I certainly I mean I've always loved reading Stephen King's work and I would say in terms of horror one of my great influences was the the late great Vincent Price I've always loved the way he created, uh, the, you know, what he did with his horror movies, and he just had that voice and that debonair charm, and and so yeah, I always uh, I sort of fancy not not that I compare myself to him, but I always aspire to be the next Vincent Price. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've, it's such a great creative outlet for you, isn't it? Because you you put the things together. You appear as as well as a voice. You're a voice actor. It's just an incredible, as you say piece of serendipity that here you are doing it exactly yeah it's uh, the way it all sort of came full circle and yeah it's it's one of those things where I you know I think I, I never used to think about a legacy in my life um, but now I think you know maybe maybe a hundred years from now you know whatever however they're listening to audio a hundred years from now maybe someone will take these episodes and port them into whatever new system and I would love to think that a hundred years from now there will be a a 12-year-old boy on a Sunday night, you know, curled up in bed listening to our stories that we created. And I just, I love that, uh, that legacy that, that we can create for everybody.
So it's grown out of a, a subreddit into a podcast, into a job, I'm sure a very pleasurable job. Mm. Where does it go from here? Well, I, certainly we're going to keep going and we're going to keep trying to develop what we do. You know, we've we found a really good notch or niche to go into. And so we're not going to stray too far, but we're always going to try new things. So I think the podcast is going to be uh, as consistent as we can. But uh, these days with uh, lots of content being created and there's all these streaming services and whatnot. And so for the last few years, we've had a lot of interest from people who want to take the kind of stories we do, the kind of productions and then adapt them for the screen. So whether it's the big screen or streaming services or whatever, we would probably be gearing towards some sort of visual aspect of what we do. Um, how that how that comes about, I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, we might, there might be more of a, a visual element to what we do. There is a tradition in the horror world. I remember a TV series called the the Twilight Zone, which often would have short horror episodes, these kind of portmanteau mm. programs or films, and I could easily see some of the stuff that you do appearing. Yes, absolutely, yeah, and that's what we've always wanted to to gear ourselves towards, that sort of anthology series where every episode is a new story that we just create and create that world, and yeah, that would be something we would love to do. We we keep being told that uh, anthology doesn't, isn't, doesn't grab people's attention as much, but there's a lot of great anthology horror, uh, you know, horror and science fiction and stuff like that. There's a lot of it out there, so hopefully we can do that sometime. Yeah, it was a great British horror curator, a guy called Herbert Van Thal. I, never, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, but there was a, certainly when I was a kid, there were these great British horror books published by a, a publisher called Pan, mm. and they were, again, collections of horror stories, and absolutely brilliant stuff. Uh, listening to the voices on your podcast as well, it's clear that you're very happy to expand beyond just North America. A lot of British voices on there. Absolutely, yeah. We we uh, very early on we found a gentleman David Alt uh, who brought on Erica Sanderson, and we we've grown that side of it as well. And uh, yeah, it's 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 amazing. And there's something you know from a North American's perspective, there's something about a British accent that that just sort of lends itself to those uh, that sort of ghost storytelling. And uh, as as David often points out, we we try to do some stories every year that are inspired by M.R. James and, and those kinds of British ghost stories. So, yeah, I think there's something, that, and, and North American audiences are really drawn to those voices. And, they, yeah, they very much enjoy them. One final thought. The music on the podcast has really developed over the seasons that you've been running, hasn't it? And Brandon now writes scores for your episodes and really brilliant music writing for horror. Brandon is uh, so gifted and it's amazing to see him grow when when he first contacted me back in season three it was uh, he was just this young musician who was trying things out and just giving him the opportunity to just experiment and try things and he has thrown himself into his craft and he continues to uh, purchase equipment and software he's always sort of stretching himself that uh, himself that way and yeah he is he's just so talented and he has such an ear for scoring horror it's not uh, the typical kind of soundtrack and, and and he's he's genuinely inspired people I know Mike Flanagan the great horror director recently did uh, Dr. Sleep he collaborates with uh, uh, two people known as the Newton Brothers, and Brandon has met them, and there's been a collaboration there. So, yeah, there's there's that interplay of, of creativity that uh, Brandon just shines in. You are the perfect exemplar of somebody who has found their way through podcasting and developed it as you've gone along. What would your number one tip be to somebody who's thinking of setting up their own podcast and aspiring to the kind of success that you've enjoyed? 
Well, I, the thing that always comes to my mind is just to be steadfast in your vision for what you're, you're doing. And I know when I started out for the first couple of years, I, I kind of knew what I wanted to do, but it took me a couple of years to realize, okay, this is my show, and I'm going to do it my way and sort of do it to the best of my ability. And then I was able, I was very fortunate that I could just do it consistently. And back in the early days, we released episodes every two weeks. And so it just every two weeks I made sure an episode went out and people saw that consistency and they started to hear the, the quality of the production increase. And so I think that's, that is something that is very important that a lot of new podcasters don't realize that they put out an episode and then, you know, maybe two or three weeks later they come out with their second episode and then, and you know, they don't have a set sort of vision for what they're doing and a set schedule. But I, I think they really have to put themselves into it, stick to their vision and be consistent at it. That's the main Thing. So that's two tips for the price of one. Be steadfast in your vision. Hold fast to your vision of what you want the podcast to be and put it out there at regular intervals. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that's a, a good formula for success. David Cummings, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much. David Cummings, and that interview is also featured on my new podcast, PIY, Podcast It Yourself, full of tips and advice for budding podcasters. You might also like another podcast I've created called When Sky Invented Football. If you want to get in touch, you can email Adrian Goldberg at hotmail.com or you can follow me on Twitter at Goldberg Radio. Thanks for listening. Cheers.